One trouble with doing what you hadn't ought is the very good chance that you'll get caught. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I am your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today we're taking a look at a little book from 1990, a little book with a special pedigree, and that pedigree is Greece and salt and disaffected adolescent employees and ball pits and suburban angst. That's right. I'm talking about McDonald's. I'm talking about the clown's kingdom, the kingdom of the clown, McDonald land, that H.R. Puffin stuff violating swamp of sadness, McDonald land, where the four-armed grimace hamburglar, early the early bird, fry guys, fish, sandwich, pirate captain, talking trees, Mayor McCheese, Officer Big Mac, and all your other favorite friends would congregate to discuss matters and devise intricate trickeries to manipulate pressed beef patties into the maws of eager young children. McDonald land. Bastion of literacy. McDonald's. Ronald and you. Now, McDonald's was no stranger to the Bear family. In 1987, they had sponsored a Happy Meal tie-in with those bears, featuring illustrated boxes and delightful figurines. But this, 1990, this was a step up, in my humble opinion. These Happy Meal deals featured legit books. Four of them, actually. The Attic Treasure, The Substitute Teacher, Life with Papa, and The Eager Beavers. And each book had a corresponding activity book to... I don't know, expand on its themes, maybe. I'm not going to focus on the activity books, though. That's a matter for our collectors. I'm looking at the books and the stories and the pretty, pretty pictures. Of course, it would be ridiculous for me to think I could cover four books in one episode. I tried that once and paid dearly for my hubris. So I'm going to split this foursome up into quadrants. Four quadrants equals one foursome, and that's called math. And math is something you learn in school, and teachers are in schools, and sometimes teachers aren't there. And when teachers aren't there, you call a substitute. That was called a segue. Into this week's book, The Berenstain Bears and the Substitute Teacher. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't expecting a lot going into these McDonald's books. I figured I was going to get some hastily thrown together fodder one step above the storyline and a thermostat operation manual, but I was pleasantly surprised. I mean... I really shouldn't have been. I've been down this road in the past with the neighborly skunk and Papa for President and the other mini storybooks. I found those to be delightfully streamlined and nicely illustrated, and happily, the Happy Meals followed that tradition. I guess there's just something about having slight constraints put on the Berenstains that forced them into creating some of their poppier stories. Gone is the chaff and endless introductions that plague many of their first-time books. These books get right to the point, and don't have the luxury to meander. But they also have the room to tell a complete tale. See, these aren't 10-page pamphlets. Each book has about 23 pages of story in it, with full-color illustrations and plenty of text, and they look good. I can't vouch for the origin of the illustrations, but they look authentically Berenstain to me. These aren't the coloring book-esque pictures of some of the other cheaper storybooks. These illustrations look like Stan and Jan. Also, the layouts are active and vibrant. The pictures and the text complement each other and are laid out in a way that contributes to the flow of the story. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The substitute teacher. What's it all about? 
So, Brother Bear is in class when Teacher Bob announces that he's going away for a few days and a substitute will be filling in. Now, this is our first good look at Teacher Bob's class style, which seems to consist of one, wear a cardigan, and two, yell. Also, he leaves a three-day schedule for the substitute on the chalkboard, not on a piece of paper or anything, just he writes it on the board. And when I say he yells, I mean that's half of his lines are him yelling at Brother Bear to pay attention. So, Too Tall, who sits next to Brother in class, he gets really excited at this and later explains to Cousin Freddy and Brother that a substitute teacher is nothing but a target for hijinks. Also, these hijinks are somehow going to get them out of taking the history test that Teacher Bob had planned somehow. So Tootal has some great jokes in mind. Uh, frog in a desk drawer, rigging stuff to spill in the supply closet. That's it, really. And he says, and some other stuff, but doesn't elaborate. But we get a beautiful illustration of Brother and Freddy dreaming of a frog jumping out of a desk while chalk and erasers fall out of a closet. And from the looks on their faces, you'd think Christmas was coming early. Also, Tootal is standing beside them, grinning evilly as if he could see into their minds, and he knew that he had them. His honey tongue had worked its way into their ears. And that was a gross analogy, and I apologize. Now, now here's something special. Queenie, Queenie McBear, our Queenie, frequently a collaborator with Too Tall and a general mischief maker herself, approaches Brother Bear in the middle of the planning session and asks Brother if he wants to come study for the history test at her house that night. Let me repeat that. A girl in Brother Bear's class asks him to come over and study with her at her house. Let me emphasize that Queenie McBear is asking Brother Bear to come to her house and study. Now, listeners, I don't know if you were ever a preteen, or conversely, if you ever plan on being a preteen, or if you have a preteen living in your house, but it is a truth universally acknowledged that Queenie's actions are a clear indication that Queenie sees something in Brother Bear beyond friendship. Now, I'm not saying that it's romantic attraction or physical attraction, but she is interested in pursuing a relationship with Brother beyond that of classmates. Note that she doesn't ask any of the other cubs to join their study group. Note that she stands in a posture of eager anticipation. Note that the story does not focus on her reaction to Brother's inevitable rejection, as it might, dear readers, break your heart with the sound of a million exploding old-growth forests. See, I don't know if Queenie wanted anything from Brother other than companionship for the evening, but she did want something from Brother that she wasn't getting from her usual consort too tall. Intelligence, conversation, respect, things that too tall is incapable of providing, but that Brother Bear has demonstrated time and again in these books. Even his rejection is polite. Also, wait, wait, wait. I think I see what's going on. I think I see what's going on. This isn't about pranks or hijinks. This is about too tall manipulating brother to keep him away from Queenie. This is no coincidence. The entire story is about how Queenie is showing interest in brother and how too tall picks up on that and conspires to keep them apart by playing on brother's social insecurity. Oh my God, I just figured this out after I wrote my notes, so I'm inserting it into this part of the show, even though the realization only came later. Look at too tall's face. 
He's making sure our brother is kept on task so he doesn't hang out with Queenie. We know Too Tall and Queenie were a thing, a number, an item. From past interactions and body language, these are two cubs who are familiar, you dig? And Queenie has this look of pure want. She wants a better friend. She wants a brother's acceptance. She wants a new life away from too tall and whoopee cap and everything that entails. She clutches her vinyl purse with such hope and nothing. Bang, bang. Brother shoots her down. Bang, bang. She hits the ground. Bang, bang. This also answers the question of where Queenie falls age-wise. She is in brother's class, so she is brother's age, even though... She hangs with Sister and Lizzie sometimes, speaking to the seemingly shallow pool of Bear Country's quality cub companions. Also, too tall being in brother's class makes sense, even though I've often pegged him as being an older cub, since it is no stretch to imagine that his grades have possibly kept him held back at least one or two times. So, listeners, in one page, we breeze past what may be one of the most important bits of character development in recent books. Queenie's brief flirtation with a life that includes Brother Bear as a friend and possible love interest. Alas, for all those Breeny shippers out there, tis not to be. At least not in the storybooks. Quother? Moving on. Brother gets handed the task of locating an appropriate drawer frog and gets so excited about procuring the erstwhile amphibian that his focus drifts from historical pursuits and finds itself resting on tomorrow's hijinkical delights. Sister overhears Brother giggling about his plans with Cousin Freddy over the phone. Remember, Brother only talks on the phone to Cousin Freddy about homework, certainly not to Queenie McBear about hand-holding or necking, and wonders aloud what could possibly be so funny about a history test. Never does it cross her mind that Brother could be chatting up his future queen because Brother doesn't play that game. The next day, Brother and Freddy, too tall and hoopy cap, baseball cap cub and the other baseball cap cub set about laying out classroom traps like Daniel Stern's is a common. Two talls coup de gras is to effectively cancel their next three days of classwork by, and this is a stroke of genius as far as two tall is concerned, pulling down the wall map so it covers up the schedule on the chalkboard. Two tall, we understand that you're still personally working on object permanence, but most adults have mastered it by this point in their lives and are capable of looking behind things to find things. In any case, the sub arrives and uh, it's not the 100-year-old, quote, grouch puss that Tutal predicted. Instead, it's a, quote, sharp young teacher wearing designer jeans, hoop earrings, and tinted glasses who arrived in a snappy-looking sports car. Now, these, by the way, are the totally not out-of-touch indicators that a person is young and sharp. Designer jeans, hoop earrings, tinted glasses, snappy-looking sports car, which, per the illustration, is, according to friend of bears everywhere, Gigi Launchbaugh, a Morgan, possibly a Morgan Plus Four, which the manufacturer brought back in 1985, but would probably have been outside the price range of your average substitute teacher, so she probably inherited it or has a rich father-slash-partner, probably someone with bad enough taste to hammer a spoiler onto the backside of the car. Anyway, she's dressed like the babysitter from the slumber party in Bear Country. Quote, visible necklace with medallion equals young, but not too young, 
not a kid, somewhere between a teen and mid-twenties. Well, as soon as the Cubs get a look at Ms. Morgan Medallion, they know they are blanked in the blank. Even Too Tall knows the jig is up and calls for a full mission abort. This snappy teach ain't gonna fall for no frog in no drawer. No falling school supplies. And did I mention the hidden fake spiders that green baseball cap hid here and there? No? Well... They manage to get rid of everything before the sub walks in the classroom. Everything except the frog. Oh, snap, brother bear. What is your life about? The sub, Ms. Morgan Medallion, even though she writes Miss Charlene on the board, that is no name for a bear from bear country, Ms. Morgan Medallion can't find the schedule. She opens the desk drawer and gets frogged in the face. The frog hits the map. It flies up and, oh, snap and a half, brother bear. There's the schedule. Guess you're taking a test after all. Chumps. The pranking cubs all receive poor marks on their tests. And we know this because Ms. Morgan Medallion has written poor across the top of each test, a grading system that I don't believe is legal, but she is snappy and young, and Ms. Morgan Medallion knows that conventional grading is less effective than humiliation. Gotta let that whole class know how poor these cubs did, and when they can't respond to your snappy questions about their stupid answers, it's probably good to say, What's your problem? Got a frog in your throat? And ah, triple snap bra, she's got your number. In any case, they get a retest because there's no real justice in bear country. And brother learns to never trust too tall. But he fails to learn to read the signs in a young woman's eyes. And that's the real tragedy of this story. You may have failed to sink that sub, brother, but you certainly sank yourself. The good ship, lots of heart, only pulls into dock once. And if you aren't on deck, son, that ship has sailed. Man, there's a lot to unpack in this book. Who would have thought you'd walk into a McDonald's just to get your McNuggies on and you'd walk out clutching a Bee Bear book brimming with brotherly business? We learned so much about Bear Country's education system. Apparently, they pay their substitute teachers upwards of 100000 a year going by Ms. Morgan Medallion's collectible convertible. Apparently, teacher Bob never gets sick, seeing as how brother has never experienced the mysteries of substitute teaching before. Apparently, too tall has the mental capacity of a toddler. Apparently, teachers can't write down their schedules on paper. Apparently, apparently, apparently. Guys, listeners, friends, readers, there's a lot to love about this book. It's a gem. There's no mama or papa for one thing. It's all cub action. We get to see cubs operating on their primal social levels as friends, as adversaries, as co-conspirators. No mention is made of any sort of moral system because their age precludes the application of such a system until after the fact and only as a result of direct consequences. Now, we've seen the Cubs brush aside the lectures of Mama and Papa, all their talk about privilege and responsibility in the slumber party, for example, only to be confronted with the consequences of their actions when their parents' warnings weren't heeded. What we see here is the Cubs learning the consequences of violating a moral system without the outside influence of their regular caretakers. In fact, the substitute of the title could very well imply that Ms. Morgan Medallion isn't simply a substitute teacher in the schooling sense, but a substitute teacher in the world of Berenstain morals. Bear country being the close-knit community that it is, it takes the intrusion of an unknown variable to trigger actions on brother's part that might have otherwise gone unexercised. 
It also allows an outsider to impart a lesson that might have otherwise been carried out through more conventional and therefore less effective means. Teacher Bob might simply have chastised Brother in Too Tall or sent a note home or suspended the Cubs. Instead, Ms. Morgan Medallion becomes an agent of the unknown. Brother in Too Tall are forced to focus their attention on her actions and therefore on her lessons. The Berenstain Bears and the Substitute is a dense read when looked at through the lens of deep in bear country, but it is enjoyable in its own right as a story as well. It tells a breezy tale and avoids overstaying its welcome. Copies can be found online for relatively little money, and it'll fit right in on the shorter end of a Berenstain bookshelf. I recommend it for its insight, its unexpected nuance, and for a look into the social lives of our fair bear cubs. Next week... I'll continue my journey into the world of McDonald's Happy Meals and the literature thereof with The Berenstain Bears and the Attic Treasure. What treasure awaits in the attic? Only time and my mouth will tell. You can find Deep in Bear Country at berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com. You can find us wherever you find podcasts. Go to iTunes and subscribe, even if you don't download the show. Also, you can write to me at uh, berenstainbearcast at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at bstainbearcast or just get on Facebook and search Deep in Bear Country. You'll find me there. Join the uh, Facebook group. Not a whole lot's happening, but hey, got to start somewhere. It's going to be great for these next few weeks as we cover these McDonald's books. I am looking forward to delving more into the inside of Bear Country. And where will I see you next time? Did I just say it? That's right. I will see you next week deep in Bear Country.